listen to the Guitar Heroes podcast. And we are live! Episode 13. Lucky 13. Oh my oh, word. Is it really? Episode Already? 13. Yes. Hello, Christopher Taylor. Good evening, Mr. Phil Walker. Yes, yes. And how, uh, good, good how, evening. How, oh, go on, Chris. Sorry, I, I interrupted was just gonna say you there, how, didn't I? I was just going to say, how How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, I'm pickled pink. Yeah. No, tickled pink. Pickled no, actually, pink. I'm on the port again, so I am pickled pink. Declare, yeah. <laughs> He's happy because there's no acoustic guitars here tonight. Oh, so. uh, well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Uh, <laughs> we say hello to Lee Williams. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. And, Hope um, you're well. We're going to start this podcast. Um, I'll tell everybody what it's about in a minute, but I want to start this podcast um, with a lick of doom. Here we go. Are you ready? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not an acoustic. No, you're all right. Um, yeah. Just, so, can someone just cue my cue my rant music because I feel like already. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, but Phil. I actually, uh, I absolutely love the. Uh, um, Q Phil's rant last week, Lee. That was uh, <laughs> spot on. So, go on. I'm going to leave Should this with you. Go, <laughs> go, go on, Lee. Cue yeah, me. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time to cue the music. Phil's rant. Phil's rant. Oh dear. Yeah, this is a rant, but this is this is a bit of a. It's a rant directed at myself. Okay. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna rant at myself because I feel that. Um, after last week's acoustic episode, I'm going to retract at least 10% of what I was saying about acoustic guitars. 10%. At, at, oh, le- at least back, 10%. He's backpedaling. He's backpedaling. It could be 10 to 15%. He still agrees they're boring. No, it could be 10 to 15%. Chris? He's listened to the podcast and realised what a grumpy sounded. And I had to sit through that <laughs> while I was piecing it together time and time again. I was thinking... But <laughs> not, you know, not, this, not at all. This went back as far as the episode prior to that as well. I don't know if you, you heard it. No, no, oh, this is no. boring. I'm missing <laughs> my wildlife. And <laughs> oh, that, maybe that's why I'm in a good mood tonight because there's no uh, winter watch on tonight. So I'm okay being here. So it's fine. No, but I, I need to retract at least 10 to 15% of what I said about acoustic guitars. And it's something that happened to me this morning, actually. Um, okay, go on then. I, every morning I get up quite early and... Um, there's a certain time of day when I look at YouTube. Usually when I'm, well, performing some ablutions or some sort of other after I've fed all the animals <laughs> say in no the more. house. Yeah, say, say no, no more. more. Yeah. Um, but something came up on YouTube as I was sat there. I'll give it away now as I was sat there. <laughs> as, as I was there. And it was Lindsay Buckingham solo. And actually, no, okay. I'll backpedal a bit. It was um, a rig rundown, a premier guitar rig rundown that came up. And it was all about Lindsay Buckingham's gear and guitars and the hundreds of acoustic guitars that he takes on the road. I'm not going to drag this out too long. Um, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting, and all his gear. And then I I went on and had a look at what he's actually, you know, why that gear was set up. He was doing a solo thing, a live thing. He mm-hmm. blew me away, man. I tell you what, he was, one, the thing that really got me, he was doing um, Big Love, the song Big Love, um, mm, on classic. a Chet Atkins uh, Gibson nylon strung, and he just rip that song apart it would blew me away so yeah that's why oh, i'm wow. retracting some of my acoustic guitarness on that because i'd never heard him do that before acoustically and it was like oh wow so i went and downloaded the whole concert so was there it, you go guys you interest, be was it me. the um because we were discussing that a couple of weeks ago weren't we chris that with the, uh, uh, was the, the dance uh, the dance the album uh the, the live concert the dance is that is that right or was that the one phil where where he's Ooh. sort of in the in the light on his own and he's doing the yes. he's got like a slap back delay and yeah the, the, um, eventually about halfway through the concert a band joins him on stage but it's still really oh, quite okay. acoustical um 
Um, oh, so this is this is a solo thing. This is like his, yes. his show, is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. It right. must be recent-ish um, because he's quite grey on it. So um, it must okay. be a recent-ish type of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just blew me away. So anyway, that, I just wanted to um, just say that to anybody who's well, like hating me for acoustic guitars. Not that I really care, but I just wanted to say that Lindsay Buckingham, <laughs> you're awesome. It's brilliant, brilliant. I yeah. think actually probably what happened was Jay listened to the podcast and she said, <laughs> Phil... No, no, no. Now. Well, she started listening now. to it, but when you said about acoustics, she fell asleep. I had to keep nudging her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Right, anyway, so today's podcast is um, I want to talk about disastrous or funny gigs because I've, I've, I've been doing this job now for 30 <clears throat> some years, okay? And mm. you guys, this is pretty much all you've ever done, you know? So I'm pretty sure we've got some funny stories um, and some funny things that have happened to us on on gigs and shows. I know I've got a list of things here. I've, I could choose. I could be here for about five hours talking about my disastrous things. But um, <laughs> yeah, do, do, has anybody got anything that springs to mind? Chris, what's well, uh, obviously I have. I, I can't help but feel this is somewhat oh. of just a, a big build up towards <laughs> you know what. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the end, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come to that in a bit. Chris, anything, does anything spring um, to mind to you straight off that you just think, oh, I wish the stage had just swallowed me up? Yeah, there was, um, there's, there's been a few moments, so I, I've kind of made a few mental notes. I haven't written anything down. Uh, but there was one gig we did. It was a few years ago. It was a wedding gig um, mm. in, oh, I'm trying to think where it is, in Braintree in Essex. Mm. Uh, the place was lovely. It was on a farm and um, the wedding was all at home. And... It was a, a lovely day actually to begin with, um, but as the day progressed, like the heavens opened and like the rain that came down was insane. Uh, we were in a marquee and had like a stage that was about ten centimeters high, <laughs> and throughout the day you could just see the water rising to the side <laughs> of it, and like okay. it, it, that was the that was the beginning of it. And and what they had done where the marquee was alongside that was a they created a it was like a like a crop field, but they made like a driveway out of it. So all the cars can go and park on the field. But cars have been, with the rain coming down and the mud getting wet, they started chewing all, all the mud and cars were getting stuck. And we got to like one o'clock in the morning and they said, oh, you realize you're not going home, don't you? And our van was <laughs> stuck there. And the bass player, Dan, he, um, I said to him, drive on the crop field. Don't go onto the mud because if that van slips, we're going to be stuck here for hours. And then he decided to go two wheels onto the crop field, <laughs> the other two onto the mud. And yeah, the van got stuck, as you would guess. And uh, Ford Transits don't have diff lock, do they? No, <laughs> but we we burnt the clutch out on that as well, trying to get it out. I like The worst thing was they actually um, shut everything down. They had the portalies outside. They locked all of that. They turned all the lights off and they all went back into their house. And we were stranded in this market. It was freezing cold. It was winter time as well. Um, and we were there till about 11 a.m., waiting for a recovery van to come and get us. They sent one out. Uh, It was like a Land Rover thing, but that was just sliding all over the place. (laughs) Hmm. Um, But yeah, that that was one of the worst gigs, actually. Um, We were up for like uh, 36 hours. Didn't you end up having to try and like spend the night in the marquee or something and you were still there the the bride and groom came out of the, the place where they'd been staying at nine o'clock the next morning and found you in the marquee yeah. shivering yeah it was, it was spent it was literally night. the worst <laughs> night of my life it, it was so cold <laughs> <laughs> 
and Chrissy doesn't do the cards. Well, you wait till well. we go back on the road, Chris. I'm going to no. say he's not worked with us. You're yet, has he? with me. <laughs> no, but um, but we had a gig the next day, and we had to be there by like um, I think by midday or something. And then we didn't get out of this place till eleven. And we were calling them saying we're going to be a little bit late, and um, they were like, "Oh, they're absolutely fine." By the time we got there, we did the gig and everything. Um, and afterwards, they didn't want to pay us because we were late, and it was just everything kind of rolled into each other, and it right. was just um, we hadn't slept. At this point, maybe going on, I don't know, two days or something. It was um, we had a tra- we had a travel lodge planned for that evening on the way to the gig. Wow. We were going to stop over, grab a nice breakfast, and no, none of that. Oh, then yeah. again, tra- travel lodge on marquee. I think you probably had the best, uh, the better option to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> they are a bit in that moment. You were thinking, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody guitars! Why didn't I just get a nice? Office Warm, job or something. Dry yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> Working in travel lodge. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty mm. epic story, but um at least you weren't on stage. At least it wasn't like a stage disaster. It was a, it sounds like a nightmare, but you didn't have to face any embarrassment or anything. No, at, the gig itself was actually quite good. Um we got mm. fed and stuff there during the day, but uh yeah, it just it, it was an okay gig and like but yeah, just it was just afterwards, it was just yeah. Yeah, what about you, bad. Lee? What um, I mean that that was it wasn't embarrassing that story. It, it no, was, it was more it was, of a it disastrous, was inconvenient. Sort of. Yeah, it's rather an inconvenient gig was that. But Lee, yeah. anything you can well, yeah, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, there is. Uh, well, I've got a few things that came to mind actually from from various stages in my career or life, whatever. Uh, maybe I'll save the big Kahuna to the end, but. Taking it way back, I remember one of the earliest like experiences I had on stage where it just went horribly wrong. And musicians, performers, most of us will probably know that situation. It's just like the worst feeling because you have to think on your feet and you have to deal with it. This was taking it back to when I was, it wasn't actually musical, th- well it was, it was like musical theatre. Um, I can't remember how old I was, but uh, I, I won't say what the play was because you guys will rip it out of me. But I was the lead role in, in this play. And, Annie. Uh, <laughs> Damn, you've got it. <laughs> you've got it. And my wig caught fire. No, no, it was uh it was um yeah, just about to come on for quite a big scene and uh I was I was hanging backstage and pitch black and sort of being ushered, right, you're up, you're up, here we go. Jumped off a little thing that I was sat on and put a nail straight through my foot. Oh <laughs> literally. <laughs> well actually it wasn't even a nail, it was a screw and it was the screw head. Ow. It was it was on a broom. And it hadn't been screwed all the way in and it was protruding from the, the broom head by a few centimetres and that just went straight into hey man, the bottom We asked of for disastrous stories, not disgusting stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be I sick now, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, I mean, at the, t- you know, at the time it was like a, it was a big deal. There's a there's hundred people out there waiting to see the second half of this play. And uh, yeah, I had to go on. I had to literally go straight on and, and do a scene where I had to sing. And what song I'm did you sat- sing, Lee? I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was sat in a chair uh, for this particular song and and had my f- one one foot up sort of on my knee. So I'm looking out, trying to trying to do the performance, but also just kind of glancing down at the pool of blood that's trickling down my foot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, get the scene done and then straight off to whatever first aid kit there was in the building and essentially just bandaged and plastered the foot up and then came back on with a large boot <laughs> for the rest of the play. <laughs> and then after it, it I think I, I think I might have gone to the hospital the next morning just to see if it needed stitches. And it turns out it, w- it was all right. It was 
made more dramatic because of the situation. It was like, you know, 10 seconds from going on stage. I've just trodden a nail. <laughs> oh, my God. Olive, Oliver's, Oliver's he needs his understudy. Were you there? Did I guess it? <laughs> you it was, Oliver. There. It was, it was Oliver, Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot, wasn't it? <laughs> right, move on. Move on. <laughs> well, I, I've got I've got loads of um, funny and disastrous things. Um, I used to, I mean, I, I sort of cut my teeth in this business doing a lot of the northern clubs. Um, I start. I think I did my first gig at eleven in a working men's club. So I had quite a a hard upbringing in in with gigs and things like that you know it was it was you know and en- entertain me or bugger off type thing you know mm. it was it was quite harsh all those years ago and i remember mm. um there was we used to have to take um take our own lighting rigs and and you know big pas and things like that and there was no there was no sort of like a 3000 watt rig that fits in the boot of your car back then and like a 3000 watt rig you know you used to have to get an ex snap on mercedes truck to put it for it put it in you know it was mm. big stuff I remember this one, and they always made you feel really good, like about being in the place. It's almost like you're an inconvenience. Not 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 everywhere. Some places are great, but some you do get some that you know you feel like an inconvenience. I remember, you know, you're carrying the gear through, and they've got this like you know 150 year old dorm in there. And uh, this one night we were playing in Leeds. I can't remember which which gig it was, but it's definitely Leeds. And we started carrying all the PA through and all the amp racks and the flight cases. And and the um, the guy goes, whoa, bloody hell. He says, they'll be using some electric tonight. And we're like, oh, God, <laughs> here we go. It's one of those, isn't it? And anyway, we uh, we got to the lights and we started bringing the, the lighting rig in. And he said, oh, well, at least you've brought your own lights. That'll save us summer. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Oh, but we we used to get all, all sorts of oh yeah, we used to get all sorts of problems that um, we had because there was no LED lighting back then. You know, it was all the big sort of five six hundred watt park hands, You know, mm. uh, and they used to really you know juice the buildings. They really didn't. There so many times you go on for your first song, you can it one two three, poof, power's gone. You know, as soon as the lighting rig comes on and. You know, yeah. you take the whole club out, and oh, there's all sorts of things like that. That's like just uh, thank thank God for LED lighting and um, you know class D power amps nowadays because they don't really get mm. that sort of problem anymore. Well, those park hands get really hot as well, don't they? Oh, I tell you what, we do no fat club gigs. singers back then. No. Yeah, it used to sweat <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> we get um, if you ever get people destroying the gig for you as well. Because I, mm. I I, re- I remember um, it was it was actually Moonfleet Manor was this we were doing the New Year's oh, yeah. Eve yeah, yeah. and um, we it doesn't it was a three piece band and we got the monitors before in ear monitors we got the all our monitors at the front and you kind of block yourself in with some functions don't you because especially New Most Year's of the Eve time. you think oh yeah. we'll do everything I can to keep as far away from the audience as you can and I had this um, five way um, like the stag guitar racks that opens up and you can line five guitars up in it. And as as the night got further on and people are getting more juiced up and, you know, it's... They're getting closer to you as well. Yeah, <laughs> they are, yeah. And this idiot realised he couldn't get... He wanted to get on stage and he started climbing over my guitar rack and like he'd put his foot up on the guitar rack and he's trying to climb over uh, my guitars. 
yeah. and I'm just I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, one well, thing, mm. and I just like got him by the forehead and just pushed him off. And I was like, <laughs> what, you know, what do you do? You can trash like three, four grand's worth of guitars I've got sitting in there, or yeah. you know, yeah. you won't remember this in in, in in an hour's time anyway. So. That but. was always one of my uh, fears at like wedding gigs, like functions and things. Like people just get too close, and the amount of times I've had my microphone like smack me in the mouth. Yeah. You know? So uh, we man, end up we end wedi- up get- weddings are the worst. Oh, man. I think I think some of the behaviour I've seen, and, and ironically, it's uh, it's usually like the sort of quote nicer weddings are the ones that actually end up really raucous. And and at, mm. and tell you what, military ones. I was. I've I've I don't know if you've. Chris, you probably we've all probably done a few like officers' mess and stuff like yeah. that. Man, those guys. I mean, I, I kind of get it. You know, it's it's a high a high pressure job, and when they let the hair down, they really go for it. But whoa, we've been in a few that have just yeah, turned I, into like man, they, royal rumble. They've been <laughs> mental, some of them. But at the same time, they they have the officers there, don't they? They come in and check up on on the squaddies and stuff, and well, they like, often yeah, I think they often w- keep them intact. So like, if anything's going wrong, that they are often quite respectful at times. But um, I think what it was that one that we did, it, it was an officer's mess. So, th- so they were all officers. And it, um, I think it was the descent from where it started to where it ended that was the most impressive. If, if you've been in some sort of, you know, rowdy bar that you, we would, you wouldn't think anything of it. But this night started of them all in the sort of like full on, you know, glad rags, the gentry. They've got the, the big silver swords and the sashes and they're all marching about with brass bells and saluting and it was like proper posh stuff a huge like silver platter dinner and then (laughs) four hours later they literally had like you know things tied around their head they were doing the (laughs) knee slides they were playing beer pong there was tables and chairs upside down fly i think i remember some guy it was actually we kind of got snowed in a little bit there and they opened these huge sash windows and were just like launching themselves head first out the window into the snow it was it was crazy and we were doing exactly yeah. that burying us yeah. you know building a barrier to block ourselves in and just <laughs> just hoping we got through the final set yeah we did um, was, uh, we did a military gig and it was sort of set to a theme of like uh, the spartans you know everyone was dressed up they had hay everywhere and like they had chickens in the venue oh wow it was like an old <laughs> manor house and yeah they had chickens and there were just people just chasing the chickens around like completely completely <laughs> off their face and there was, um, yeah, they had um, a hog roast as well, but they had the pig's head there as well. And uh, we, we took the end of night photo and the, the bass player was like sat next to me, but the, the, uh, one of the guys had got the pig's head and literally put it on top of him. He didn't even know. Oh, oh and like, But yeah, it was, um, yeah, they, they're often mental, but they are a lot of fun. I, I quite, oh, they're great. They are good. But, but weddings in general, I think weddings are just, uh, just so you just get such a cross section of, of society and, and it's quite a long day for everyone, isn't it? So you get to see all these people that, again, it's that descent of they start the day, you know, dressed to the nines, looking their best and all yeah. prim and proper. When it gets to the midnight shift, it's just carnage, yeah. <laughs> you know. I'll tell you what, a, a good wedding start, a, a good start to a wedding is when you turn up to the venue, the bride comes comes and, uh, and says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come and talk to you later. I'm just going to go and do a few lines. <laughs> oh, no. and you're and you're like oh, oh god this and, is and, like... and, you, and she doesn't mean i've been a very naughty girl a thousand mm. times no <laughs> and like, oh what are you reciting for yeah. us <laughs> and, then, and then she's late for her first dance she comes out and then she just runs up to mike who's on drums and just goes yeah throws her arms up in the air and then just throws up red wine all over her dress oh, and, and then re- oh. and then goes yeah <laughs> and we're just like wow. 
Oh god, wow. we're gonna get out of here as soon as we can. <laughs> I <laughs> know one of the um, yeah yeah well, well, one of the biggest problems that that bands have to. Fa- I'm I'm lucky. I've not done too many functioning wedding gigs. I've been. I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. so, sorry, sorry, Phil. Just stop you there. Yeah. Chris, what was that I just saw? What's I'm drinking got? a green tea, my man. Oh, Chris, come on. Oh you know the drill. I'm gonna. <laughs> you know we're, the drill we're gonna. Have to you know me. I like to shot because my bottle's empty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to have to drink twice as much to compensate here, Phil. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I should have started <laughs> anyway, at one sorry. instead of three. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so um, agents, like I've not, I've been lucky not to do too many wedding gigs and, and what have you, but um, mm. we, we, I've always um, sort of gone more on the rockier side in in bands. Mm. And yeah. um, me and Jay had a band. Um, it was quite quite a rocky thing. And, and the agent um, sent us to this really posh, I think somewhere, Stroudway, I think it was, uh, Gloucester, something like that. And it was a really posh manor house type place. And showed us this like ballroom and, oh, it was gorgeous. And she said, um, we don't want you on stage, though. We want to put you in the middle of the room where the dance floor is. And we were like, <laughs> There's a really big stage there. <laughs> why? Why would you want to do that? And um, she says, "Well, it's just you know, it, it's, you're, more, you're more amongst it then." And we're thinking, "Oh, right. Oh, oh, oh it could God. be a good night. Could this then? You know, really good." Anyway, we get set up and everything, and sound checked, and then we 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 go off and then come back in um, about half an hour before we're due on stage, and we looked around, and the average age was about eighty, and we're going, <laughs> "Oh my." God, we're doing like white snake stuff, and and <laughs> we were like, oh no. So anyway, we, we we thought, right, okay, we we we're gonna start off by being quiet, you know. Mm. And we, I mean, all the kits mic'd up and everything like that. So I so first thing we'll do, we'll take the kit out of the PA because we know this is gonna go. And so mm. we we went on with the first song, and um, I don't think we got to the chorus before like there's people coming up like with fingers in their ears and, and all this oh, time we're going God. oh no i mean i didn't have a guitar amp i was di'ing so we we had re- a lot of control over it and mm. and this just went on and, and and we were like by i think by the fourth song in i was livid i was absolutely yeah. livid and this bloke came up to me and i'd lost it at this point this bloke came up to me and he said Young man, if you do not turn this awful racket off, I will go and unplug all of your equipment. And I went, you touch that, mate, you'll be wearing that plug. <laughs> and Jay just went, oh, that's it, we're done, we're out. Anyway, the, the, the guy went and complained, obviously. And um, he, 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 the manager came up to me and he said, um, I've got to look like I'm telling you off, but thank you for that. That bloke comes here every week. We were waiting for somebody to just give him a mouthful. <laughs> He said, oh, but make God, it look like I've told you off, would you? <laughs> like, There's nothing nothing worse, is there? Nothing yeah, but worse. But that's the agent's that. and it's, fault, and it's, you know, sending you to the wrong venue. And it's, but it's usually, you usually getting those comments off people that they're not the people that have booked you or they're not the people that are paying you on the mm. night. That's what I always say when I get those. I'm like, well, until the person that's actually paying me to be here comes up and tells me to change what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, it's particularly with weddings, if you get guests that are just coming up and making requests and do this, do that, I go, well, mm-hmm. it's the bride and groom's day, go and take it up with them, and yeah. you know, but yeah. oh man, or you get the guy, right son, I once met Jimi Hendrix in the pub, <laughs> and the, here we go, uh, Yeah. anyway, I'm not going to, let's not, it's Phil, Phil, you do the rant, so I'm not going to go yeah. there. I, I, I remember doing, um, do you remember the film, The Full Monty? 
Yes. You remember yeah. that? Hang well, about, where's this going? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the part. You can't leave your hand. Yeah, the hat was too small. Yeah. So I'd been on holiday to I think I've been to uh, Florida. And mm. we we got we got back and I think we had a day off and then we were playing at this place. That yeah. and I I, I I really enjoyed it in, in America. It was it was brilliant. Loved loved my mm. time there. It was fantastic. And <laughs> Came, and I didn't want to be in England. It was, you know, we came back and it was raining and grey and we had to go to, yeah. I don't know, Misery Thorpe Working Men's Club or wherever, you know. And we went to, went to this place and uh, I didn't want to be there. I had, I had an attitude, you know, that I just didn't want to mm. be there. And, you know, this, this guy, first thing he said, he came up to me and we're loading the gear and he goes, he goes, huh, you know where you are, lad? I went, oh. No, oh, well, yeah, no, no. He, he says, yeah, yeah, so... Full, full Monty here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sharing stage with royalty here, yeah, you know. And I went, <laughs> and I just turned around to him. I went, I'll give a toss, mate. I was shaking Mickey Mouse's hand yesterday, <laughs> 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 which actually oh. did shake Mickey Mouse's hand. Yeah, that was a oh, highlight a of my fame, career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, well. We're building up. We're building up to it, Chris. Do you want to throw a Chris's corner in before I before I get to it? Because again, I feel like Phil's just put this episode on so that we can get to. Yeah, yeah. Let's know. let's do one. I've got I got a little something. <laughs> you got a Chris's corner. All right. Only a little something, but let's do it. We've heard. Phil, do you want to cue the music? Cue the music. Okay, so a tip for all guitar players out there, whenever you're traveling with an amp, long distance, um, if it's going on a ferry or a plane or anything, um, that when you've put bubble wrap to protect your valves, uh, make sure you remove them before you do the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Top tip. Yeah, just because, you know, uh, you could turn around and potentially see some flames coming out your amp and some heavy smoke and... So how did you hear about that, Chris? How did you um, come to that top tip? Well, I was the one who experienced such a thing. It was your uh, amp, wasn't it? <laughs> it was my amp. <laughs> it was my amp. I had a, uh, a Blues Junior, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd put bubble wraps around the valves just to protect them, so they don't. I didn't have any. I didn't have the money to buy any spare valves, so I was like, "Well, I've got to protect them." Bubble wrap was like a quid, um, mm. but yeah, you're about an hour into the gig, and then you just like. Oh, can anyone else smell that? It stinks. It's, it's like <laughs> some heavy burning, yeah. Well, there you go. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. We've all learned something. Oh, all right. Uh, well, let's get to it then. Um, the By far and away, my biggest disaster that I've ever had on stage was uh, was last year with the story of Guitar Heroes. <laughs> Were you there that night, Chris? <laughs> no. Were you with us then? No, the reason why this happened is because I left prior to that show. You did, <laughs> didn't you? Yes. Up to that, yeah, I so held your hand through everything. <laughs> <laughs> I brought you. I brought you guitar straps. I uh, tuned your guitars. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm laughing now. I think I was crying at the time, wasn't I? <laughs> I think. I think. I think we both were. <laughs> yeah. So it was the hometown show, wasn't it? It was our Weymouth show. Yeah. Uh, last year, 2020. Was it? No. 2020. Uh, no. 20. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was January 2020. Oh. Oh, this COVID situation's completely messed up. My yeah. calendar. <laughs> I've got no idea where 2020 we are. feels about three years yeah. ago, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. So, uh, you, and you guys, we, you guys have warned me that um, you always get a bit nervous about the about the Weymouth gig because 
it's a hometown show. Very fortunately, it's a, it's very often a sellout show, and and obviously there's a lot of friends and family in the audience. So, in previous years, you've had a couple of little minor things, just string breakages and stuff like that happens, and but you always had that slight sense of anticipation about the uh, the hometown gig. Mm. Anyway, the the show went great, fantastic. We've made it through two plus hours of music, and uh, just couldn't be happier with the night <laughs> till the <laughs> moment we d- we walked off stage. So we did the bow, we did the wave. Thank you, everybody. Round of applause and see you later. Turned to head into the wing. And I didn't actually realise anything had happened until it had happened. It was too late. So where I'm positioned on stage, there's a a, a large lighting tripod with a moving head. Um, Very expensive (laughs) light. And as I walked into the wing, my foot caught one of the legs of the tripod and just knocked it off kilter just knocked it off balance but not in a a tremendous kind of like gave it a kick and it went flying like knocked it off balance to the point where it must have hung (laughs) in kind of just (laughs) pendulum for a moment so i actually made it into the wing to turn round to see the stage guy just look with horror as this thing seemed to fall in slow motion (laughs) came crashing down brought some of the guitars which are on the staging rack uh, down with it, literally landed like perfectly on my pedal board <laughs> on the helix and everything. And it was just like, <gasps> oh my God. I mean, thankfully, I think half the auditorium had sort of, sort of left and the other people that were in there had their backs to the stage and were walking out. But people did turn around and people were like, what's that? And it, it kind of was dramatic. I, to be honest, I, I, I had such a thud. I, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't actually cotton on what had happened because I was I was the last one off stage and I heard a mm. thud and I just I was going to actually give you a bit of a bollocking for bringing your wallet on stage Lee <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might have dropped it as you were walking off you know but no I, I sort of thought have we got away with it because I thought it was, it was right at the end of the show it kind of had a, an essence of that you know like the who the big bang crash explosion at the end of the night mm. and I think some people just thought it was part of the, you know, the sound playing in the theatre, all the music's going, and it's like this big thing. But it was, oh man, oh what, and and what made it worse as well is we, uh, we we ran out the front. We were going to do a, a meet and greet, which we always did at the end of the night. So had no time to really sort of tend to it. Just had to leave it. We were just in the in the wing, looking with horror, kind of shocked, speechless, like what's just happened can't think about it now gotta go gotta go getting ushered down to the front and then gotta spend half an hour you know signing programs and chatting to people just thinking oh my god i think phil you're just going just keep smiling keep smiling (laughs) (laughs) smile and wave (laughs) smile and wave wave, boys smile and wave (laughs) oh man oh man what a what a feeling i I mean i'm just so grateful that it that it happened when it did like obviously wouldn't want it to happen at all but mm. thank god it happened right at the end of the night when the show was done i mean had it happened mid-show it it would have just been catastrophic yeah it probably um, it probably uh, halted us wouldn't it, it would have probably been uh, i think just a, just a little <laughs> bit and, and more importantly like it could have seriously injured one, one of, of the us. guitars yeah you're right yeah. one of the guitars any of us that <laughs> happened to be in, in the path as it came crashing down uh, i don't did the light survive i know we, um, we got a replacement it, yeah we had to get a replacement we couldn't get it sorted in time but it's uh it's been repaired yeah it, okay. it's, it's got it's okay. got a it's got a big crack on it 
um, on the oh, base, right. there's a big crack, but it's all been repaired. It does work. Right on so. that. Get a uh, get a sharpie. Lee was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spare. It's a spare now. Is that so? Um, oh man, but yeah, it just had to happen, didn't it? It was it just horrendous. What a feeling, and and to have some of the well, they were I think mainly my guitars that went over as well, and <laughs> my pedal board. I was just like, oh man, well, this is. I tell you what, this this, is, you're not yeah. the only one that that type of thing happened. I think I've mentioned, I've actually said this on this podcast before. I'm sure I have. Um, mm. but one of my most embarrassing moments, um, was, I was in Germany and there was two, 3000 people in this place and mm. it was, uh, it was a country festival <laughs> and there's TV cameras there. Um, and everyone's really hyped up in the band and it was like, yeah, and, and you know, let's really go for this. It was, it was just a great atmosphere in the place. And I opened the show by playing um, like a, a rock type thing on mandolin. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm there going for it and, you know, the crowd's really warm into it. And the um, halfway through the song, there's like a drum break. And <laughs> just as he starts going into the drum fill, dickhead here decides to jump on the drum riser. Okay. <laughs> 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 Except... Except the crew hadn't taped the cables down, had they, running across across the back of the stage. <laughs> oh, no. So I went to run up. My foot got caught. I didn't make it to the drum riser, right? I landed face down on top of my amp. So there's, imagine this. I've got a mandolin around my neck, and I landed face down, and I knocked. I had um, a PV Classic at the time. I knocked that clean off the top of the flight case. That bounced off somewhere. Um, <laughs> I'm face down then. My leg is, and I've actually found a photo um, the other day of the bruise, and my leg is black. The whole the thigh, the whole part is just Jesus. black and purple. Wow. Um, Ouch. It's, I don't know how I got through the gig, to be honest, to pain. It was well, adrenaline. But um, one of the funniest things about it, I mean, all, all it was was my ass was just stuck up in the air on top of this flight case, you know. <laughs> and the funny thing was I just turned around to my left, which where, where the monitor engineer was, thinking, oh, there's going to be some crew coming over soon to, you know, to, well, help me up, if yeah. anything. But um, mm. no, the monitor guy is there with his headphones wondering where the guitar's gone out of the mix. <laughs> Where's the guitar player gone? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got up all dazed, and, and Jay was playing piano at the side, and she like got this guy, and the guy went, oh, oh like that, and ran over, put my flight case, put my uh, amp back on the top of the flight case, yeah. which was still working, which was amazing. And like, yeah, and all this happened in the space of the drum break, and I managed to play. When I went out to play my mandolin, it was like, <laughs> it was sounded <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, like I said, that is, that's somebody that somewhere that's there's some footage of that somewhere, and I hope it never well, comes to light. Actually, that's just reminded me, Chris. Don't you uh, didn't you have an interesting experience with your beloved PRS Custom Twenty Four? I was anything as good as that as that Phil, but um, yeah, no, it's yours was more expensive. <laughs> I was going to say more expensive though. <laughs> Let me just get my thoughts together on that. What happened? <laughs> It was it a, got smashed to pieces. It did. I was at a, <laughs> <laughs> I was at a wedding gig, uh, Stone Floor. Uh, what was it? Yeah, my PRS was at the front, so I went behind to grab my strap, and uh, the strap on that uh, caught the the headstock of the PRS. Mm. And as I just tugged on the on the strap, the the PRS didn't just fall like you know slowly or anything. It just went. 
it's a oh. big crack. It was happened so fast, and I I just was it forward. It went it, it went, went like forward down. headstock straight oh. onto the floor. So the tuning pegs because they on that they they stick out and yeah hit that floor with so much force. I just oh. froze, man. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even look. And then I, I picked it up and I was like, ah, it's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. And it wasn't only mm. until a couple of days later, I, I was doing a guitar lesson. I was tuning up the guitar and then I just felt all these bits of wood just fall into my hand and onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that's somehow, that's somehow worse than you realize. It is. Because like, I thought it was fine. Broken. I was like, oh, I got away with that. And uh, as I turned the guitar around, like, just to have a look i was like oh god one of the tuners is hanging um but i, I took it to robin absolute who did a sterling job yeah. sorted that right out but um i know i think luckily for you you had all the pieces didn't you, you uh, no lost, no he had know, to fill everything in with glue or right, something right. or he had he found some like wood sawdust or something just I don't, I, right. I don't know what he did. But. You do realise, Chris, that if Lee had been working at Absolute at the time, there's no way that guitar would have made it and you you would have had a new a new PRS that day. Yeah. Because well, Lee, Lee and Robin would have got guitar. together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd have got together going, no, tell him it's had it, tell him it's had it. Oh, look at this. We've got, we've got <laughs> yeah. this new one just come in, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, it was knackered in the first place. That's why I sold yeah. it to him. <laughs> yeah, it had a bit of a headstock problem, yeah. <laughs> it was a fake. It was a fake. <laughs> headstock syndrome, oh, yeah. Well, no, it was a nice guitar. It was a really nice guitar. Yeah, it was, that, I mean, it there's, was, there's been a few like disastrous stories on there, but I've, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, um, kind of, because we're getting close to the end now. But I'm gonna okay. tell you about an, a funny story that happened on stage. Um, okay, because you know when sometimes you know when you get the giggles on stage, or well anywhere, and it's really you can't you can't control it, can you? You can't control it's, it. No. no. <clears throat> well, it built up to that. Did this so. I'm not going to mention any names, bands, or anything like that, but we were playing in this packed-out theatre, and um, the end song was an instrumental. Um, I wasn't playing it. I was just in the backing band. And the guitar player was there, came to the... I mean, it had been a really, really good gig, and it came to the last few notes, and it was like a, like a gospel-type song that we finished on. And um, it was played on slide, and the last few notes went... Duh, duh, duh. And there was always a pause... And mm -hmm. just in that pause, from the other side of the stage came... <laughs> <laughs> the whole front... The, the whole, like, three front rows just fell about laughing. The band lost it, right? And... <laughs> Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. It was just. Oh. It was just. Uh, I mean, every the time timing, we did that man. song after that, no one could look at any of each oh. other. We, we were like, we just had to sh close our eyes and hope that that didn't. You know, that mouse didn't come on stage again. But oh, oh god, talk about. Oh dear, yeah. It was. We we just lost it, and and obviously the um, the person who was doing the solo uh, was out mm. in in the audience at the time playing it, so they never heard it. You know, it was only oh, I thought it, you meant the wind. So uh, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so they never heard oh, it. So they just no idea why the like theatre, uh, the front of the theatre erupted, and the band mm. were crying on stage. Just that, just the, <laughs> You just got to picture it again. You know the. Uh, <laughs> du, du, du. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only that had happened towards the start of the gig, that would have been oh, that would have set such a um, that would have been more mood. disastrous than bringing a lighting gantry down. I tell you yeah. what, it would. You wouldn't have been able to carry on. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there we go. There we go. That was an interesting little. Um, yeah. Let, <laughs> you guys ever, um, need to get, you, I was just going to say, have you guys ever had to do a gig with uh, with cut fingers? Um, You've not played yes. in the guitar show yet, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I have. I remember when I first got my bass, actually, and I went, um, I went just full on into practicing bass and rehearsing and stuff. And I found out that I had very soft, weedy little <laughs> guitar fingers. I thought they were quite tough. And I thought, yeah, I've been playing guitar for years. This will be fine. Man, they shredded my fingers, these bass strings, and then jumping back to guitar at the gig that I was getting paid for, not the bass practice in my bedroom at home. It was, uh, you know, shredded fingers and blood on the neck. And yeah, actually, you say that. Power through. Um, when we recorded um, the last guitar show CD that we did, the day before mm. we went into the studio, I cut, my, um, I cut one of my fingers on my left hand. Right on the end. I don't know if you remember. I was. Um, I think I do. Yeah. I, I was. Yeah. I was just filling the cut with super glue with, lo- oh, with like I, with <laughs> Loctite, and I was filing all the all the excess glue off. And we, yes. we were doing Country Boy, and that's one of those songs you don't want to try do too many takes on it because the no. first one's always the best one. And mm. um, we, we're going through this first one, and, and I can see this cut opening up as I'm playing, and oh. I'm going, no, no, just let's get to the end. Let's get to the end. Luckily, we did. And then afterwards, I was like. We've got any more super glue. <laughs> no, this, this is exactly what happened to me. Well, I was uh, at the start of the gig in the morning before I left for the gig. I was uh, cutting myself up some sandwiches and with a bread knife, I sliced my middle finger <laughs> right on the tip where, where your string makes contact. And like yourself, I was filling it with super glue. I heard this was yeah. quite a good trick. And uh, I tried like some plasters, like, you know, you get that skin graft type plasters. You mm, can, mm. Uh, that didn't work, so I was using the super glue, and uh, and at the gig it, it, it opened up, and there's blood just pouring over my fretboard, and and the worst bit is, is when that blood starts to dry, mm. and you're still playing on it, and that friction, sticky, is, yeah, and then you know you got another two gigs to follow, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it's first world problems there, boys. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that over COVID any day, man. <laughs> when you when you got to play with cold fingers, I bet we've done some out. Have you done some outdoor gigs? I remember mm. doing this mm. open air festival thing in the winter, and it was freezing. It was absolutely bitter. You know when your hands are like yeah. blue, mm. and, and you can't just, you can't just, move them. I I I did a New Year's Eve gig. It was literally minus degrees in Weymouth on uh, on I think Brewers Key. It was so mm. cold. I was literally wearing like a pair of tracksuit bottoms underneath my jeans, <laughs> and like, and I, I there was points in the gig I was trying to talk to the drummer. And I For was, once, you had two pairs. Of I had two pairs of trousers. <laughs> none on. Normally none. <laughs> but I, I remember dribbling. I could I couldn't talk properly. I was my face was so cold. From your mouth. I was yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had two pairs of trousers on. It was warm. <laughs> Right, guys, I've got a uh, I've got a question here okay. uh, that's been sent in by a listener. Really, really great question that I received from a guy called Jamie on Instagram today. Um, he's loving the podcast, um, and he says it's a great listen if you're a novice like me and looking for some tips. And he had a question, and it goes like this. So I thought I'd just as it was today, I'd put it to us uh, live on air. Um, for a beginner like me, obviously getting technique right is likely more important to achieving a better sound. But for guitarists like yourselves who do it professionally and for player and for the players that you echo on the stage, do you think that technique or tone contributes more to the player's signature sound? Or do you think it's a combination that includes both factors? And then he goes on to say, I was thinking about people like Stevie Ray Vaughan, who has a very instantly recognizable touch and technique. Um, but then you've got players like David Gilmore, 
who is uh, maybe has more recognisable tone. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because I think, I don't know, I'll let you guys answer first and then I'll tell you what I think. I, I uh, think well, um, tone is, is one of the most important things as a guitar player, having a good sound. Regardless of how good you are as a player, if you have a good sound, I think that's going to translate to the listener uh, a lot stronger. And and, yeah. and in terms of technique, you know, I've I've always approached it like when I'm learning things, I'll work on a mm. technique that's required to to be able to play that certain thing. Yeah. That's how I've yeah. always done things, and I've yeah I've always f focused on sound and just like yeah I think I, yeah for me I I think tone is outweighs technique just just a bit. Okay. Phil? Um, kind of dis We're going to have our first disagreement here, Chris. Um, I disagree a little bit with that. Um, I mean, I, I kind of play the majority of the people in the show. Um, mm -hmm. So I tend to find getting the style right gets you most of the way there. Um, so I'd say technique can do that because, you know, I mean, look at David Gilmore. He can sound, or Steve Vai, or any, any of them, really. They can sound exactly the same no matter what mm. rig they're playing through, no matter, you know, I've seen Eric Clapton play in the Royal Albert Hall with just one little amp, and yet I've seen him play with his, you know, full Soldano rig, and and, and he still sounds like Eric Clapton. You know, the, the the rig and the sound isn't too much of a thing, I think. It's, um, it comes from your fingers, I think. But, but there is, um, there is a, a point where it does blend to each other because in order to get a certain sound, you have to play with a certain technique or a certain pick attack you know there is a combining factor well that's it's quite nice that you've both you've both gone on opposites there because i was going to kind of slot right in the middle and, and say exactly that my answer would have been that uh you've there's there's two types of tone isn't there when we talk about tone you're either talking about the tone that the player creates himself which is mm. a massive part of it your touch your technique when it comes to um, things like vibrato and and pick attack but then you've also got the tone that is coming directly from the gear and i would say to you jamie i would say it depends on that particular artist or song because it's always going to be a blend of technique and the gear that you use but certain players are going to sway more towards one or the other so you've got players who are very very renowned for their their technique look at someone like bb king he he's got his his trill vibrato thing where everybody says you could hear one note and know it's BB, and so nailing that technique is probably going to be more important than going after his guitar and amp combination. But then you've got uh, also got guys um, who really have a signature sound, a signature set of equipment that if you the were edge. to just <laughs> ex yeah, if you were to play through their gear, that would probably make someone instantly go, hey, that sounds a bit like Edge. So it's it's you always going to be a blend of the two, isn't it? I've I've, I've had this conversation with Yamaha um, so many times. Um, you mm. know, when it comes to writing patches and you know writing so, um, um, presets for the show and, and things like that, mm. um, we did a, um, a few years ago. We did um, some shows for PMT. You know, the um, uh, big music chain, music store chain. Yeah. And yeah. and the idea was that uh, using all the Yamaha gear, can we sound like the guitar heroes? You know, using all the yeah. Line Six and, and, and what, um, Yamaha stuff. And we used to invite people after the first half to come and have a go on the gear. You know, and mm. and and one of the things that we always say is that yes, we can get the tone, we can get the sound as accurately as we can, we can get the uh, delays as accurate as we can, the amplifiers and things like that. 
But, you know, if if you're going to go strum your way through a Hank Marvin patch, then you're going to sound nothing like Hank Marvin, are you? You know, you, we, you can get you in the yeah. ballpark with tone. And then I think if you want to sound like, if you specifically want to sound yeah. like somebody, then the feel comes into it as well. So, Well, that, that leads nicely into what my, my other point was going to be, that I think there's a third component, and I think it's one that is huge. I, I would call it, like, vocab, like vocabulary, phrases, because... Mm. Because you can have the gear and you can have studied someone's technique, but if you're not going to play in a way that they would play, so we could take players like Chuck Berry or Angus Young, David Gilmore, they're all going to have like a set of very signature licks and vocabulary. So if they were playing over a particular song, I mean, coming back to the Stevie thing, obviously Stevie was so heavily influenced by guys like Albert King that you can hear an immediate lineage in their vocabulary. You can listen to any Stevie track and any Albert King track and kind of hear some licks that they've each put their own spin on. So it's also going to be that as well. Mm. I mean, Chuck Berry, for instance, doesn't necessarily have a signature tone, but I could think of a few licks that you could play instantly that would, uh, not even such a technique thing, just like, here's a phrase that if I play it, you're going to go, that's Chuck. Mm. You know what I mean? So Mm. it's kind of those three things in combination. And in order to learn those phrases, obviously you're going to have to, um, there's going to be a technique involved to it. And that's that's the point where I would go, okay, if I was learning a Steve Vai song, for instance, I would look at it and go and assess what's kind of required of me to be able to play that, try and understand it. And, but then I think the tone is, is important and getting that you couldn't approach Steve Vai with a bluesy, sort of tone could you you need something that's kind of revved up and mm. you know quite high game I mean, guys like guys like clapton for instance um again i'd say he probably falls more into the uh more emphasis on the vocab and the technique part of it than the mm. tone simply because he's had lots of different sounds mm. so if you wanted to dial in a clapton sound well there's not one signature sound three three five handful. sg strat you know it's clapton strat you've got the 80s you've got clapton now with the tweed thing but what you could do is, I can think of just a couple of licks. If someone said, play me some Clapton, there's like a couple of licks, a couple of phrases mm-hmm. I would go to that would just make the listener go, huh. And I couple that with a bit of his te- uh, technique, which might be his, his vibrato or something. So so it's it's never the same for any one player. If you're trying to learn a song, or you're trying to, to sort of nail someone's sound. It's, it's going to be a, a blend of those things, I think. Yeah. Hope that I hope that answers the question, Jamie, but thank you for sending it in. And uh, if anybody else wants to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram. Just search for Phil Walker Guitar, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Troy Guitar. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can go to Phil Walker Guitarist, Lee Williams Guitarist, and Chris Anthony Guitar. You can find the Story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram and Facebook. You've got the website, www.storyofguitarheroes.com, and you can head over to YouTube and search Phil Walker Guitarist and uh, see some videos from behind the scenes. Ooh. Cool. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, how exciting. And, and well, he will have his trousers on in most of them. <laughs> and Chris, if it's cold, will have two on. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, keep it up. We'll be back next week. And um, Lee, Christopher, it's been a pleasure as usual Zooming you. It has been yes. a pleasure, chap. Zoom you next week. Cheerio. Bye. Chris is drinking green tea. What's wrong with him?